Hey everybody, welcome to MindRise. I am your host, Ian Philo. This podcast is designed to help find solutions to everyday mental blocks. Its goal is to provide you with the tools to rise and break through your own barriers. In the game of life, we can be our own worst enemies. I created this podcast in response to my own battles with my mind. Instead of sinking further down, join me to commit to a more positive perception of ourselves and those around us. Hi everybody, thank you for joining me for yet another episode of the Mind Rise podcast. Today, the topic we will be covering is self-mastery and igniting your passion. So, as I mentioned in my most recent podcast episode, the last one before this, I have been using a lot of books for inspiration, and I actually, if you guys are interested Um, And where I'm finding these books, there is a man named Tom Bilyeu. He's actually the founder of Quest Nutrition. He has a website called Impact Theory. And on that website, he has a reading book recommendation list or reading book list. And that has kind of been where I've been sourcing my literature. And so far, every single book that I've read from that list that he provided has been absolute fire absolute fire so i definitely recommend you guys checking that out um again just type in your google browser impact theory and then that brings you to a website and at the top there you should get a little tab that says reading list and some really great books that he recommended Um, With those books, one of them was Mindset that I talked about in an earlier podcast episode. And the one that I'm going to be focusing on today, and I'm sure it will be utilized in future podcasts as well because it's just so, so rich in content. It's called Mastery by Robert Greene. So basically, the main crash course premise of this book, um, it kind of gives people like a formula in regards to a formula and a backstory in regards to uh, people that have mastered their craft and become super successful like um, like legends like Leonardo da Vinci Mozart um, just legendary people Albert Einstein Um, and and it gives their backstory and it gives information on to where they where they came from and how they worked up to their positions and and uh, how they basically made an impact on the world. Another one was uh, Charles Darwin. And it, it's, it's actually really interesting because so far, and I'm only about like, like 70 pages into the book, so far there has been a definite and resonating theme with all of these people's upbringings and narratives. And that theme is that they start out in a place where they have an innate talent for something. And then as they travel through life, they kind of get boxed into their parents' ideals and what their parents think their future should be like and what their parents want them to do and what is the most lucrative. I'm cool thing about that is that that theme still applies today i mean i can definitely resonate with that too and i'm sure 
pretty much every other listener to this podcast, especially ones that have went to college, can also connect with that. So anyways, um, getting back to the story of these legendary people, there was that theme of they have an innate talent, they have a drive to do something with it, but they sort of get sidetracked into following their parents' dreams instead of their own. And ultimately, in every single narrative so far, it ends up making them feel really unfulfilled, oftentimes depressed. They don't really have any idea uh, why they're there in the first place. It's just sort of a people-pleasing attitude, and their life has been manifested by other people's wants and needs, which is really unfortunate because... I know how that feels, and I'm sure a lot of other people and a lot of other listeners of this podcast know how that feels as well. It just feels like ah, like, like you're betraying yourself, like you're not staying true to who you are, and, and that I think a lot of what we've been taught and what has been ingrained in our heads, even, and guys, this is... This is like uh, dating back to, you know, a couple hundred years ago and even before that, even the same concept applied then, that the financial aspect of a trade had more draw to people than their passion. And in each and every one of these stories, um, they end up branching off, going against the grain of what their parents wanted, and uh, ultimately end up finding their passion in the midst of that and some of them even get like excommunicated from their families some of them even end up uh, experiencing a lot of remorse and bitterness from their parents but in the end they're fulfilled and happy because they chose what they wanted to do and I think that's such an important thing to comment on because I'm even finding myself in certain aspects relating to that as well. And I just thought, while reading this stuff, it's just been so cool to know that these people, and even some of them came from not very well-off backgrounds, these people forged their own path, stuck it out, kept on going, despite what the world or anyone else was telling them. And that's awesome. And then for for my friends right now that are successful business owners and have already done that, like kudos to you. Like you guys are the leaders of the new world order. Like seriously, that like we need more people like that. And I hope to be in that category soon. It's just so encouraging to see people forging their own path and even if the cards they were dealt weren't super great just really staying true to grinding out their passion i think a lot of us can fall into that melting pot of uh being really envious of people that are naturally gifted uh what some of you may not know is that if you're talented you oftentimes have a big, hard-pressed goal from relatives or parents to pursue that and make money at it and just live a comfortable life. Sometimes if you 
are born with naturally gifted or innate talent, um, it can actually be a curse. What I mean by that is that if people are born, it's kind of like the, in a way, like the silver spoon analogy. If people are often born with innate talent, they rarely learn the value of diligence and focus, and we see time and time again that they pay for this later in life. Uh, this strategy applies as well to any setbacks and difficult difficulties we may experience. Uh, people that are often born with natural talent don't know how to handle failure or setbacks, and I talked about that earlier in a podcast about the differences between the fixed and growth mindset. Oftentimes, people with a natural talent don't really have to work extra hard. So a lot of times these people have fixed mindsets. So when they're confronted with adversity or setbacks or failure, they often just fall apart and freak out. Whereas people that have been constantly hammering away for hours and years, it's second nature to them. And ultimately the growth mindset and the people that come from humble beginnings are the ones that come out on top in the end. It's not to say that if you're born with innate talent you can't be successful. You absolutely can. But I think there has to be an intentional shift in mindset and understand there's going to have to be some humbling moments in your life and your career. I really think that's the key. Uh, It's definitely important for people from both wavelengths of that mindset to remember that. Um, Going back to... uh, you know, those narratives that I was mentioning about earlier in the podcast, I have this really awesome quote from Leonardo da Vinci, one of the people that uh, he took like the regular art school classes and they just didn't do anything for him. He actually found his love for art, what I was reading in the book, by just observing the outside world and sketching and drawing from that. And it wasn't until he took his own spin on things and sort of went against the academy that uh, he found his true calling. And that, I think, is also a theme that we see in people that are really successful. They get to a point in their career where, whether they have innate talent or not, they get to a point where they do something and they're mocked. People think they're a little cuckoo or crazy. And, uh... Little do they know that five, ten years down the road, those same people that were mocking them may end up being the people working for them. So if any of you guys know anyone that's doing something that seems a little strange, you know, just be really careful about who you're making fun of because you never know. Anyways, uh, there's a quote by Leonardo da Vinci that says, one can have no smaller or greater mastery than mastery of oneself. And oh, how true that is. Like, seriously. I think we can get so caught up in perfecting things and perfecting our craft that the most important thing that we miss is perfecting our mindset and how we really view things in the first place and how we approach adversity and challenges even if we are ready to go Uh, kind of moving forward i think a 
there's definitely been another key theme in a lot of these legendary masters narratives and that is the grind and i know you've all heard about that but like it's so true it's so true it has so much facts and just it's so backed up time and time again um we're human beings we often learn the best by reiterating things or repeating them over and over again and uh there was actually a thing i think it was uh said in the book it was in europe or in medieval times there was um well you guys have probably heard about it the whole apprenticeship thing where people would find a trade or they would oftentimes get um moved into a trade even if they didn't have any interest towards it and they would train under an apprenticeship for seven years i believe and uh back then you know there was no computers um there was no advanced technology so they had to do a lot of their learning by visually watching and doing and uh the apprentices would actually in in the efforts of not wasting materials um especially for stuff like like blacksmiths or stuff like that they would actually help and work on the masterpieces while uh the master was showing them steps of procedure how to go about crafting something and that that would be their life you know monday through friday five to seven hours a day for seven years and then they would eventually get to the end of that period and uh take a master test and then if they pass that master test at the end of the seven years then they could now go out onto the world and practice fabricate items with that craft and and be be a blacksmith or, or be a carpenter and produce and sell and i thought that that's so cool because reading all this it sort of gave me perspective because i probably haven't intentionally be been working on my art until like probably like like six years ago and then uh the real practice mode went into effect when i was in college so it's probably been about in reality about like five years that I've been really trying to hammer away at getting good at my craft and just sort of knowing that timeline and what it takes to master something and uh, get effective at it, it it was humbling to me because I can get so down on myself for not outputting the greatest work or just seeing these people with loads of time and they're just rapid firing projects and it's discouraging, I'm not gonna lie. And being somebody who generally takes longer to accomplish things, the quality's still there. I love the quality of my work, um, but being someone who generally takes a longer time to create things, it really was encouraging to hear the grind and timeline of how many years it takes to master something. With that being said, I'm sure you guys have um, all heard of the 10,000 hour theory as well. It takes 10,000 hours, theoretically, to master a craft. And uh, that 
that's so true. And I'm glad that um, despite not having a, a very um, detailed focused art job right now, despite that, I still have a passion for creating things. I still have a passion for filling up sketchbooks and grinding it out when I can. And uh, I've been trying everything I can to keep that flame ignited. Because I do not want to get to a point in my life where I'm trying to tackle and keep on top of so many things that that flame dies and that spark dies. Because that, in essence, would, would be horrible. I, I love art. I love drawing. I love painting. I, just the attention to detail, the meticulous aspects of it, uh, the emotion that you can put into a piece, I, I love it. And if I get to a point which I firmly believe I will um, when it comes to making a living off that, I'll be ready to go. Because in the hours of the day that I have free time, I try my best and do everything I can to just sketch stuff out and be consistent with that. So um, going back to that apprenticeship phase in medieval times that people went through to master a craft. According to the, the mastery book I'm reading, there are sort of three key steps to accomplish a fulfilling mastery of a craft. So the apprenticeship is in there. So that is actually the last prong. The first step is deep observation. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, that is kind of... Deep observation is kind of more speaking to just obtaining and absorbing your environment as deeply as possible. So if you're an artist, like really soaking up the environment and taking in what's around you and understanding how light reflects off of something or how the form shadow is wrapping around this figure or or how intense the cast shadow is on that tree, and what the atmospheric perspective looks like when you're doing a landscape painting, like really being intentional about absorbing the information that you're seeing. The second step is uh, skill acquisition. So skill acquisition, so that's actually more linked to the apprenticeship. That's the 10,000 hour theory. Um, so we as humans always learn best through practicing and repetition. And I also want to be imperative in mentioning that in this phase, we want to avoid all costs the idea that we can manage learning several skills at a time. I think especially in our generation, we get so caught up in trying to juggle multiple things at once that even if we are trying to be intentional about practicing something, we can't, we can't be effective because we have kicked in that ADD and lost focus. Focus is so imperative and, and important if you want to master something. You have to not juggle multiple things at once. Focus on one task at a time. Uh, too many people believe that everything has to be so pleasurable in life. 
uh, the apprenticeship, the 10,000 hour theory, the grinding away, uh, that's not necessarily pleasurable. It's a lot of uh, just long hours. A lot of doubt is infused in that process as well, I'm sure. I mean, I've experienced it. And I just you, you, when you get in that phase, you got to not constantly search for distractions and short circuits to the learning process. Guys, I can't be clear enough. Everything takes time. It will take time. It's just how it is. It's how we're built as humans. If you want to be effective at something, you have to put in the work. That is just how it is. The last step of this three-step process is experimentation. Uh, in general, no matter your field, you must think of yourself as a builder using actual materials and ideas. It, you are producing something tangible in your work, something that affects people in some direct, concrete way. You have to experiment. You have to do things that challenge yourself, challenge adversity. I myself have to be a little more intentional about accepting projects that sort of push me out of my comfort zone a little bit because it's so easy to get uh, to coast in that in that comfortability. Uh, there's a I think there's something really important in the experimentation phase because this is where we can kind of start to have a little fun with it uh after you've put in the hours and work you can sort of see what best fits your career path and and experiment and utilize your skills to the fullest and people that have gotten there thus far i commend you i applaud you so very much uh it's it's so empowering to see people my age or people a little older just doing things they love and that is why I'm recording the podcast. That is why I will continue to hammer away at my art, no matter what the timeline is. Um, there has to be that intention and that hammering mentality in mind in anything you do that you love. I'm going to close with a quote from Marcus Aurelius. Um, for those of you that think that name sounds familiar he is actually let me double check here i know he's i know he's from like like greek mythology or something he's like a general but i i want to be sure okay so all right no so marcus aurelius is a philosopher so he was a Roman emperor from 161 to 180 and a Stoic philosopher. He was the last of the rulers known as the Five Good Emperors and the last emperor of the Pax Romana, an age of relative peace and stability for the Roman Empire. So he was an emperor and philosopher. So anyways, getting back to the quote that I'm going to close with from Marcus Aurelius. Do not think that what is hard for you to master is humanly impossible. And if it is humanly possible consider it within your reach just because something looks crazy and out of reach doesn't mean it's not attainable guys do you not think that your craft right now is impossible to master everyone's done it we live in a world with billions and billions of people keep your head up you can do it and i'm excited 
to hear about your journey or your road or your continued work on this path to self-mastery. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good day.